Hey everyone, and welcome to Scrambling with Dylan Otto, a podcast where the listeners can hear, learn, and laugh about my life in the golf world and other numerous topics with guests on the show. Tune in every week for insight and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto, featuring University of Arizona golfer. We have Cal McCoy on the podcast this week. Cal, welcome, man. Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. You know, ever since I started the podcast, you were kind of early follower on and stuff, and it was kind of really cool to get you on here and just kind of talk about your experiences in golf. So, you know, just kind of with the first question, where are you from and how'd you get into the game of golf? Yeah, so I'm I'm from Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, born and raised there. I moved there when I was five. Um, but yeah, I kind of got into the game from my dad and grandpa. Um, I've always had a club in my hand, but you know, my first tournament wasn't until kind of later on when I was 13, like eighth grade was my first tournament. So, oh, wow. Yeah, I was a big baseball player, um, basically any sport. And I kind of played golf in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what kind of kicked it off was was caddying. Um, I started in like either sixth or seventh grade. But, you know, I caddied and I kind of, you know, started to enjoy it. And, you know, the high school I was going to had a pretty good program. So I was like, you know what, might as well, might as well see what, what happens. And start playing some tournaments in eighth grade and kind of went on from there. So, yeah, definitely. You know, I, you know, just kind of, you know, whenever I was doing my research and, you know, you kind of checking you out a little bit, you know, you went to, you know, a pretty good high school team. You guys were pretty successful. Kind of talk about your high school days and just kind of what player were you back in high school? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the three years before my freshman year, they won state um, mm-hmm. at Bay, which was the highest level and in Denver. So it was pretty solid. And then, you know, freshman year, I was kind of just looking to make the team, you know, didn't really have any expectations, but to just kind of try to get better. Obviously I knew they had a good team um, and didn't think I'd be, you know, playing college golf somewhere, but um, yeah. So freshman year made the team and kind of just progressed ever since, ever since freshman year. Um, You know, I think sophomore year, I kind of made a pretty big leap. You know, I kind of determined I wanted to really try to make the state team. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, we won state as a team, my sophomore, junior and senior year. And I was, I think one of only two ever players in the, in the history of the program to, to uh, make the state team as a sophomore and, and I guess win win three state titles. So. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, to have it, you know, to have a high school team that's that that has that much success, that much talent on the team is, you know, it's really hard to come by. Um, And I'm sure that kind of drew attention for you and other guys on your team to kind of, you know, look to get any recruited and stuff. I mean, I just, like you said, I mean, you were just looking to make your high school team. I mean, at what point did you start thinking about, you know, wanting to play college golf and maybe kind of start recruiting? Yeah, I think I kind of knew I wanted to play college golf after I made the state team and we won state. I think I knew at that point, like I had some game. Um, I started playing in like those FCWT events. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, I went to like the Kansas one. I went to like the Notre Dame one, um, like one at ASU Carson. So just like a couple um, still didn't like, in a, a lot of I only played in three AJGAs um, mm-hmm. in my my high school career so I kind of didn't really take a different approach but like I kind of stayed in Denver um, just because I didn't really know like how the process worked you know me and my dad and my parents kind of did some research on you know you know what kind of to do like with emails and such um, but I didn't really send out a whole lot of emails until summer going into my junior year kind of when mm-hmm they can start kind of contacting you as well. Right, right. So I think my process was, you know, me and my parents sat down and was like, you know what, let's, if this is, if you're going to take this seriously, like 
let's look at some schools where, you know, obviously it's hard to play college golf at any level, but mm-hmm. you know, where could you, you know, play like now, where could you play with like the progression you're going towards? And then mm-hmm. are some kind of like stretch schools where, you know, if you, you know, all of a sudden just get like crazy good, you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to like close any doors, I guess. Exactly. The worst, like a- the worst they're going to say is no. Yeah, I mean, what, yeah. I mean, it's not a big deal. So. Yeah. So we just sent a bunch of emails out. I don't, I don't even know how many schools, but like D2, D1, you know, just, I didn't send any to like probably the top 10 programs or whatnot, but right. yeah, they kind of come to you, but <laughs> I just sent, I just sent a lot of the local schools, you know, some places kind of where I was thinking of, about playing and, you know, that's kind of how it, how it happened. Yeah. So, I mean, you, I mean, you emass emailing schools and just kind of ones that I like that you were kind of looking at schools that, you know, realistically you could go play at, you know, because yeah, of course, everybody wants to go play powerhouse schools and everything like that, but there's so many other, you know, good division one schools or really good division two schools that, you know, compete as well. Um, kind of talk about, you know, as it was, you know, the recruiting process was going, as you kind of started talking to some schools, I mean, were there any, like maybe a couple or a few that, you know, you really had your sight sets on that you maybe had to make a decision between, or was it kind of set on one? Yeah. So I think I started getting all my offers like this summer going into my senior year Mm -hmm. offers from like all the in-state schools in Denver, like DU, uh, Colorado, Colorado state, Northern Colorado, and then like Utah and Wyoming. Mm -hmm. So I kind of narrowed it down a little bit to, you know, obviously like cost is a little bit of a part of it. And, you know, I think team size too. One, one approach I took was like, you know, like a lot of the information I got from, you know, previous players and, you know, just like my parents was like, you're going to get better by like playing in the tournaments. And obviously it's not set in stone. You're going to play, but you know, where do you have like the best chance to play and progress? And so we kind of took it at that approach where, you know what, like I can probably play at all these schools, but you know, a smaller team size is nice a coach who can really develop your players is, you know, really good as well. So I kind of took it at that approach where, you know, I think at the end of the day, DU was a place where I really liked um, our old head coach. It was close to home. And I just thought I could, you know, really excel my game um, to the next level with, you know, the resources that they have um, at the time. Um, And then basically it was just our head coach who, who recruited me, who I, who I loved and, you know, is still a mentor to me. So Definitely. One, well, like you said, you know, you committed to the University of Denver and that's, you know, very close to where you're from. And it's nice because, I mean, you can still see your family and everything, but yet it's nice because you're playing at, you know, you know, their program, but yet you're still kind of in the same state that you're in. So you don't have to pay like out of state tuition or anything like that. But also it's kind of the same, you know, what, you know, weather climate and stuff like that you're, you're kind of used to. Um, but yeah, kind of talk about just how that process went with them and how it started and just, you know, maybe I'm sure you took some visits there. Was there something that really caught your eye about the program or? Yeah. So I, I think I took a couple visits like, um, fall of my junior year. Mm-hmm. And I basically just sat down with coach Bellinger was like, you know, what, like, you know, he definitely saw some interest in me, but you know, at the same time I had to do some developing and he's like, you know, I, we can see you playing on the team. Um, but, you know, there's always progression that needs to be made. So right. we, he kind of sat me down and we sat down with my parents. And, you know, after, you know, seeing the campus and like, even though I was from Denver, like I never really saw the campus, which was yeah. quite crazy. Like I drove past it like a couple times a week, but I never like went in and 
saw it, but after I saw it and, you know, looking at the business school and, you know, talking with coach Billinger and, you know, what his, you know, his visions for the team were like, I was kind of hooked at that point. And, you know, I was trying to keep my options open just because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And right. He didn't offer me till kind of end of, end of summer, right before senior year started. So it was kind of a long, a long waiting process, but he just, he, I know, I know he wanted the, to offer me, but he, he wanted to see me play a little bit more. And, you know, yeah. I, I was willing to wait at the end of the day because I knew I, I wanted to play for him and, you know, everything that they had to offer. Yeah. When plus, I mean, it seems like it was a great fit for you. Um, you know, I like to talk about kind of your years, you know, playing at, you know, DU and stuff, kind of, you know, what all came along with being a golfer there and maybe kind of go through your week, you know, what was it like playing there with the guys on the team? Yeah, I think it was really cool because um, coach kind of recruited a lot of the local guys too. Oh, cool. Nice. So I knew um, a couple of the kids previously and then, you know, being close, close to the school, like, even though when I was committed, like I kind of, you know, saw them out and about or whatever, like. Right. That's kind of cool. You guys, you know, yeah, you're able to kind of vibe before you even kind of got on the team together. Yeah. So, I mean, I knew Jackson Solm really well, just playing a lot of the summer tournaments. We played on the Junior America's Cup team together um, in high school. So I knew, I knew a a few of the guys and I think that kind of eased me into the process where if you know the guys, you kind of know the environment, you're close to home. Like obviously not everyone has that opportunity, but you, you know, take it, use it for your advantage. Um, because it definitely does make it easier and it just gives you a little bit different perspective on, you know, how things work. But yeah, I think, I think my high school prepared me really well for the transition, just um, academics wise. And, you know, just trying to have good time management skills. Like I've kind of learned that since, you know, I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. So transition with the school and the golf was pretty easy, but you know, one thing you, we didn't always have was, you know, the early, early workouts, like Monday, <laughs> Wednesday, Friday, it was like, 5:45 a.m. So, yeah, that's early wake up call, especially three times a week. I mean, yeah, yeah, that can be brutal. Yeah, we we definitely didn't get the best gym time, but you know, I I uh I I was used to it, and I I didn't mind it at all. And then you know, it was it was fun because like after workouts, we'd get done at like seven ish, and you would we'd all go to like team breakfast and stuff. So it was just fun time to hang out with the guys before class, and you know, just kind of get to know each other and just kind of goof around because. Yeah, sometimes you can take everything too seriously. Right. With school and golf, but it was a good time for everyone to just, you know, chill out, get some food and just hang. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I got some stats here for, you know, from your freshman year. You know, you appeared in all 13 events, you logged 37 rounds in, and your Summit League Championship MVP. I mean, scoring average 73.05, had four top tens, three top fives. I mean, it's a pretty solid, you know, pretty solid first year. And, you know, like you were saying, your high school kind of prepped you for that because you guys had a lot of talent. It was very competitive there. Was there, I mean, was there anything that you kind of had to get used to? I know we talked about, you know, you just talked about the workouts and stuff, but maybe golf related, maybe was there, with the qualifying kind of different, you know, was it a little more competitive, you know, being your freshman year of college or kind of what was that like? Yeah, I think golf wise, it's totally different. Obviously, like you're playing three tournaments, 36, 18 normally. Yeah. So it's just long days and. I never really had expectations, but I think, you know, my first college term, I finished fourth, Mm -hmm. um, which was, which was awesome, but welcome to college golf. That's great. Yeah. But the next two, I mean, we're, weren't tough, but it's just like, once you finish fourth, you're like, you kind of think it's easy, but it's, it's really not like, there's just some courses that suit you better. You know, there's just different things that, you know, go along with, 
you know, playing good golf and trying to manage everything. So it was, it was a good start, but then at the same time, it's like, I kind of maybe got a little bit too ahead of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you kind of just have to reevaluate. Um, so I think, you know, just learning like the different conditions and different courses that you play. Cause normally, and I mean, the fall's not never too bad, but you know, spring, spring golf is always cold, windy. Yeah. Grind. <laughs> it's Colorado. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not like it gets, you know, it's sunny and, you know, 75, 80 degrees there all the time. I mean, it can be, I mean, those are, you know, weather conditions that you're, you know, you got to really play in. That's pretty tough. Yeah. So I think just learning how to like, you know, just try to doing the best you can with the present conditions was the biggest thing because you know someday a 74 might be pretty dang good like (laughs) you guys are short sleeve shorts on like oh my god this is great (laughs) yeah so like i mean our third tournament it snowed so oh my gosh just 30 degrees and snowy and oh 30 degrees no thank you yeah (laughs) yeah so it's just you gotta you kind of have to take it all in and you know just you know realize that you know you have expectations but at the same time like it's a long process and you know there's gonna be ups and downs and you just got to have fun with it and, you know, just try to do the best you can. Cause that's all that really matters at the end of the day. Exactly. Well, and plus playing in weather like that, I mean, obviously not all the tournaments you're going to be traveling to are like that, but yet playing in those kind of conditions are only going to make you a better player. And it's also, I mean, let's say it's really cold at, you know, a tournament you guys are traveling to. And I mean, of course it might not be snowing, but I mean, you you guys, you kind of know what to do. You know, you got to, uh, you know, adapt to the conditions you know, your game might, you know, it's going to change a little bit. And yet, you know how to do that, you know, going into just after your freshman year of college. I mean, it's just going to make you a better play in the long run. Um, right. So, I mean, you had, you know, a solid first year, you know, in college going into your sophomore year. Did you kind of feel like maybe, you know, you got some, you know, some really good play under your belt, some really great experiences from freshman year. How did you translate that into your sophomore year? Would you say? Yeah, I think I got started on, no hot streak as well. I mean, yeah, off the USAM and playing good at the Canadian Am, mm-hmm. you know, really solid my first few events in the in the fall. So I kind of just kept it rolling, and then, you know, when it gets cold in Denver, it makes it a little bit tough to to be able to practice all the time. And right, you know, like November, December, January, February is is even March is kind of tough. So we are not able to get out every day, and you know, it's easy to get off track. So I think, you know, the start, you know. Uh, August, September and October was pretty good. Um, so I think, you know, just having a lot of confidence was the big thing, you know, after having a really, really good year. Yeah. You know, once you find like a feeling or a groove, like you just kind of stick with it and you're not really thinking too much. You're just going out and playing golf and having fun. And, you know, it just, it just happens. You're not forcing anything. Exactly. When I like to go back to that USAM, you know, it was at Pinehurst, I mean, that's, it's, it's amazing, you know, place to be at and, you know, just kind of talk about that experience at USAM, you know, before, I mean, freshman year, of college, you know, right after your freshman year of college, you want to play in the USAM. That's huge. I mean, kind of talk about that experience a little bit. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. I mean, it's just to make it to a USGA event is, is pretty special. So it's huge, it's huge yeah. accomplishment. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess looking back at it, I don't think I really soaked it all in because mm-hmm. I I was coming right off the Canadian Am, which I finished second, um, played really solid, but yeah, no, I think I was just too focused on, you know, trying to do too much. And mm-hmm. that course is just brutal. And I don't, I don't hit yeah. it very far. So like I had like four iron, five iron hybrid into like every par four. And it's just like, even though I didn't play that bad, like I didn't play great. Like I felt like I didn't play that bad with, 
you know, the, the conditions and, you know, my, my style of game, like it was mm-hmm. just a hard course for me to, to play when there's tabletop greens and, you know, you have four irons in every hole where you can't. Oh, I it. totally get what you're saying, man. No, I mean, that's, so, I don't hit the ball far myself either. And, you know, we went and played a, a regional tournament um, in Washington and it was like raining and windy. And I, same thing, dude, I got four or five irons in and I'm like, okay, it's kind of hard to play golf like this. Yeah. Um, so no, I totally get what you're saying, man. But I mean, to have that experience of playing in a USG event, like you said, I mean, that's huge, especially going into, you know, your sophomore year of college, um, you know, I have, I got some more stats. You appeared in eight events here, logged 23 rounds, 13 of those rounds were par or better. And you posted a team leading 71.57 scoring average. I mean, that's, that's a, a huge improvement. You know, I mean, 73 is great, but to improve, you know, a whole stroke and a little bit of change. I mean, that's huge. I mean, that was the second lowest scoring average in the summit league. I mean, what happened the sophomore year? Was there something that you know, maybe were you working on your swing or was it just simply that confidence from the first year in the summer going into that year? Yeah, I think, I think there's definitely a lot of confidence, but um, I started working with our, our head coach at the time, kind of freshman year. And, you know, I have a pretty basic, simple swing and, you know, whenever something normally gets off, it's nothing too crazy. So right, you know, we just started working a little bit more together. And I think it was a lot of short game stuff that I, that I, you know, really developed, like I was always a good chipper, good chipper and putter, but, you know, just having different shots around the green where you're not so like one dimensional, one dimensional was the biggest thing. Um, I feel like I'm always, you know, just all around a a pretty solid player, Um, hit a lot of fairways, a lot of greens, a lot of two putts, but, you know, there are times when in college golf, you're just going to have to grind and you're not hitting at your best or whatever. And you're going to have to rely on your short game. Exactly. That's funny, dude. The way you're describing your game is literally how I play. Like a lot of greens, a lot of pars, unless you get that hot, that hot round where you're just draining everything. And it's like, okay, that's going to be, you know, subpar 68. It's like, it's insane, but that's hilarious. You talk like that. Um, So, I mean, going in, you know, your junior year, um, you appeared in 80 events, logged 24 rounds, posted a 73.6, six, seven scoring average. Um, And then of course, you know, you're at university of Arizona now, but yet, I just want to talk about, you know, you had an amazing career at DU. I mean, what made you want to transfer to another school? And I mean, just kind of talk about the process with the University of Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day is, you know, DU was a great spot for me to kind of start the beginning of my career and, you know, be able to play in a lot of the events and, you know, just just get better at that part. But at the same time, I think it was, you know, something where, if you want to play professional golf, like you got to kind of have to not saying that DU wasn't that, but it was just like, you know, looking forward, I think the biggest thing was not being able to practice in the, in the winter time. Right. And then, so I think that was a big thing is, you know, in November and the winter months, you kind of take a step back or at least I like to practice. So I felt like I was kind of taking a step back and then you're trying to gain momentum again in the spring. Um, You know, this opportunity is, um, just one where I can, you know, practice more year round. And, you know, that was kind of the the main thing was, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, for Denver can be a spot where you're going to play professional golf out of, but for me, I just saw myself being somewhere else and, you know, trying to go somewhere where, you know, I have every single day, like to practice, like it didn't matter. Like the worst day here is, isn't terrible. What with what 
I've been at, at Denver. So, right. I mean, it doesn't snow very often in Arizona. That's for sure. Um, no. I mean, I know, I think it was maybe a year or two ago. I think it snowed like, it was like so random that it snowed and hailed or something like that. But I mean, yeah, you're going to a program that you can play golf year round. You guys have amazing golf courses, amazing access. You guys have, you guys have a great schedule. And, you know, so I just kind of want to talk about, you know, how did the transferring process go? Were you kind of set on University of Arizona or were there some other schools you were kind of looking at? Yeah, I think um, I kind of entered the portal and really didn't know what was going to happen, um, how much bite I was going to get. But, you know, I kind of entered the portal and a couple of schools like SMU and, and Pepperdine and mm-hmm. really interested. And then some other schools kind of like Santa Clara and some warmer states. So all those were super appealing. Um, just cause that's kind of what I wanted. I wanted, you know, somewhere warm and, yeah, and, you know, you can play a little bit, a little bit more year round. So Arizona didn't come until into the equation until a lot later. Um, I, I entered the portal on the last day. So like July 1st and, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to make a decision really quickly at, at the start, just cause like it was already pretty late. Um, right. And trying to figure out, you know, school classes, all that stuff. Um, but I think I was at the Southern AM, like middle of July, I was expecting to already have a decision, but then coach Anderson called me and well, I think coach Vargas emailed me, but I was just so busy playing tournaments. I didn't, I couldn't get back to him right away. And then coach Anderson called and you know, wanted to chat and kind of talked about, you know, what, you know, his ideas were and, you know, like, yeah, I'd love to hear more. And, you know, everything that I heard from him sounded awesome. And, you know, it's, it's warm here. I got, I got family up in Scottsdale. Oh, perfect. So I think it was, you know, after hearing a lot more, doing my research and, you know, just knowing what Arizona golf is all about, like I was, I was kind of hooked after that. We're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors. Scrambling with Dolan Auto is sponsored by our friends over at Putt View Books. Putt View Books makes yardage and green books that are used by the best junior, college, amateur, and professional golfers in the world and are designed with the assistance of world-renowned golf coach, Phil Canyon, and can be made for over 30,000 golf courses. The amount of precision that's put into each yardage and green book is impeccable, and Cordy from Golf Science Lab says they're clear, simple, and very useful. If you want a yardage or green book, head over to their website at puttviewbooks.com and check them out on Instagram at puttviewbooks. Exactly. When it's like, it's great to go to a place where you have family because it's nice to, you know, like you, you, you at DU, you could go back, see, you know, see your, you know, your family close by there and you got family in Scottsdale. And I mean, I mean, there's insane amount of golf in Arizona. You're not short of any golf. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, kind of talk about, you know, what's it been like playing for the Wildcats? I mean, you guys have a great team. Um, I mean, I, I just, I played with one of the guys, Chase, that's on your team. I played when he was, I mean, I don't even know. He probably was, you know, 14 or 15 in Sacramento. Um, but I mean, just kind of talk about what's it been like. I know you just transferred there. I mean, things are probably a little hectic kind of just settling in, but you know, what's it been like so far? Yeah, so far it's been awesome. I mean, all the guys and coaches, coaches have been super welcoming and super cool. And, you know, the transition has been, you know, obviously I think pretty easy for, you know, what transferring is all about. I mean, it's tough, but I think it's been easy for me. Um, we get to play a lot of awesome courses, you know, basically anywhere in Tucson. Yeah. Which Anderson can get us out, which is, which is really cool. Cause you know, you never get, get the same course and, you know, 
we get, we have a lot of good opportunities to, to play golf and, you know, we have a really good tournament schedule, which, which is always really helpful. Yeah, that's huge. And I mean, just, just as a side note, I'd like to ask, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen maybe ASU around a little bit. I mean, what's that, what's that rivalry like? Is there any, is there any kind of, you know, you know, whenever you guys see each other, like, okay, there's ASU or anything, or are you guys just like, Hey, what's up? Like, you know, super friendly and everything. Uh, honestly, I'm not really sure yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, well, I know there's definitely a rivalry with other sports. I think golf, there's probably a rivalry as well. Um, mm-hmm. Is that Copper Cup where they have like that dual match? So I'm sure there's a little bit something. But I think what's cool about golf is everyone's super friendly and, yeah. you know, you kind of know everyone. So obviously there's a rivalry there, but everyone's super good buddies. And, you know, they want to beat each other on the course, but off the course, like everyone's friends and, you know, want to have a good time and just want to compete. So, yeah, I definitely will have to learn more about it and, and kind of see what it's all about once once I run into them a little bit more. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, you know, you're going into University of Arizona with a lot of, you know, a great career behind you. I think it's going to be great to kind of, you know, start this next chapter at University of Arizona. Um, I'll be, you know, when I was checking you out, I know you're going into you're considered a senior at University of Arizona um, with the COVID year and everything like that. Um, I mean, are you going to be taking an extra year and kind of playing another year at University of Arizona, or is this going to be it for you? Yeah, I'm staying two years here, so perfect. with you know eligibility, academics, everything. So awesome. I'm trying to maximize you know my time here and the resources, just because it's a great place and you know place where you can get better and you're in warm weather and everything. So yeah, exactly. I mean, they're you know very golf oriented in Arizona. Um, so, I mean, you played a ton of golf. You played in some high-level tournaments, you know, um, you know, the USAM, and you played in you know, Canada as well, had a great finish there. But do you have some advice maybe for junior golfers that are looking to, you know, maybe get recruited and better their chances? I mean, is there something they need to work on their game, or is there something about the recruiting process that maybe you learned that you'd like to tell others? Yeah, I mean, I think for the recruiting process, like I said, you know, kind of make a list of schools or, you know, you really want to go to and, like, like a dream school type situation, but also like you got to make places too where, you know, where you can see yourself playing, but then also where you can see yourself like, you know, in two years I could definitely be playing here. So I think, you know, having a big list isn't a bad, bad idea. And, you know, I think when you're trying to narrow it down, like, you know, do you want to be East coast, West coast, close to home in state, you got to kind of factor all that in. But once you do like, don't shut any doors as well, because you never know when, you know, a new door will, kind of open up like my instance but I think I think from the recruiting side you can definitely do some some cool things like like I said but I think so you just as a golfer you just need to know what your strengths and weaknesses are um and just stick to those because you know I think they're going to be your strengths you know for your for your whole golfing career like if you hit it far just you know keep hitting it far and keep doing the other things pretty well but you know if you're if you're a good putter you know rely on the putting but just don't try to do too much and try to force things that that you're not used to doing. Obviously, you can improve those things, but don't change your whole game around one thing that you're not used to doing. Is probably the biggest thing, you know. I would I'd give to a golfer. Definitely one. I I love that you talked about you know making a list, you know, a realistic list because, like we said, you know, everybody wants to go play for powerhouse schools and you know, maybe go into a place that you're going to play at for a couple of years. And then your end goal is that big university. I mean, that's more, that's, you know, that's always in, you know, in the equation there. I mean, you played for a great school like DU, 
but then and then now you're transferring to University of Arizona, which you know is you know it's a whole another level of you know uh, you know with the facilities and everything and the schedule that you guys have. And I mean, th- those opportunities just you know, they're always out there. I'm glad that you brought that up. And also the second part you brought up about not changing you know your game too much because, like you said, if you kill the ball, you kill the ball. That's great. If you're a great putter, that's great. If you plot, you know, if you're better from certain distances and you plot yourself around the golf course, stick to that, like play your game. I love that you brought that up because I feel like some, some golfers that I, you know, I played with in college as well. All they did is mash driver, every hole, every hole, every hole. And sometimes that's not really, you know, that might not be kind of, you know, in the equation for that hole to score the best score you you, know, you possibly can on the hole. So I think that's great advice. Yeah. You brought that up, man. That's great that, you know, you kind of found that as well early on in your career. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, mean, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. You definitely have to learn some things the hard way. I mean, I think, I guess I definitely have the past year. I mean, with, I wouldn't say this Bryson stuff, but like, I did, I mean, I don't hit it very far. You're always kind of looking for a little bit of distance here, but. Right. No, I get you, man. Yeah. I think, I think just letting the distance come to you, especially when you're growing up, like, like you junior golfers and, you know, even, even college golfers, like you're just naturally going to get bigger and stronger. So you're just going to naturally hit the ball farther. And like, I'm going to hit the ball farther in five years than today. I guarantee that. And, you know, obviously that's going to the gym and and doing some extra work, but like, we're just going to like get bigger and stronger naturally. Not, so you don't have to like worry about pounding the golf ball. Like some people that will work, but you know, for me, I've, I kind of learned the hard way where it's like, you know, I think, good technique and just just waiting for it to come to me is is the way to do it definitely you know great advice man i'm really glad that you brought this stuff up man i think it can really work for not only junior golfers but you know just somebody that simply wants to get better in their own game i mean just just really play your strengths and i mean like you said i love that stuff um so i mean that's great that you're going to be utilizing your time at university of arizona you have a couple of years there still you know, you're getting acclimated to the new, you know, surroundings, new environment, but, you know, do you have some goals maybe for the remainder of your college career? Do you have, you know, some accomplishments you like to do individually, maybe as a team as well? Yeah. I mean, I think team related, it's obviously to get to the national championship and, and compete for that. But um, individually, I've never really made a, a bunch of goals. I think, you know, goals are, you know, it, it's, it's a tough situation because you want to always achieve your goals. And then when you don't, you're kind of let down. But I think right. one kind of gone about it is, you know, like if I shot 67 in a tournament and I lost, like, I'm not going to be upset unless uh, I was at, unless I was like 10 under par or something. But right. You know, if I, at the end of the day, if I knew I played solid golf and I finished 30th or third, like, I think I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Obviously see the 30 next to your name and you're not super stoked about that, but like you, you can't, for me, I just want to just play the best golf I can play that day, that tournament. And, you know, you can kind of feel when you're, when you're playing good and when you're not. So I don't really make goals. I just want to go out and, you know, have fun and you just play the best golf I can. Cause at the end of the day, like I'll know if I'm, if I'm heading in the right direction or if I'm not. Right. That, that's great, man. Because I mean, 67, I don't care where you're playing. That's still a great round. And, you know, and it's tough. And I, and I totally understand where, you know, if you shoot 67 and there was a point in my career where it's like, yeah, but I could have been two strokes better. I could have been this better, but yet like still accepting that 67 is great score. And dude, I love them. I love the mentality that you have because 
sometimes it, you know, golfers can get caught up in being, you know, playing perfect golf. And that's not really, you know, that's not really a great way to go about it. Cause I mean, some days you can just beat yourself down and that's not fun at all. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? So um, now do great stuff. And I think that's like putting that pressure on yourself. Let's say you had a goal that was like, I want to win five or six times, you know, that that's a tough goal to have because it's hard to win a ton in golf unless you're absolutely dominating everything. You know what I mean? Um, so you don't want to put any added pressure on yourself if you don't accomplish that goal. You know, I think that's yeah. great that, you know, you, the way you're going about it's great. Yeah. Like, like you see Justin Thomas at the end of the year kind of post his, his stuff. And I think that's really cool. Um, but you also have to kind of like take that with the grain of salt almost where, you know, if you don't achieve it, like, like you could still have an awesome year and not win. Like, obviously you want to win. You want to, you know, that, why would you play sports if you don't want to win? But mm-hmm. you also have to add it like, you know, from like an internal perspective, like if, like if you didn't win, but you knew you were practicing hard and, you know, you're doing all the small things, right. And all that stuff, then it's not a big deal. But if, if you didn't win and, you know, you weren't really grinding or, you know, doing the small things that you normally do, then you can kind of, you know, assess that. Um, I think, because then, you know, okay, here's the situation. Here's maybe why I'm not winning or maybe why I'm not, you know, um, I don't know, like exceeding your expectations, I guess. Yeah. So I think having a goal list can be good, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you, you know, what works for yourself, you know, writing goals down can be good for you, but you you also have to, you know, know who you are is, is what it comes down to. Exactly. That's great stuff, man. That's great stuff that you're talking about. Um, so obviously you got a couple years left in college, but have you thought maybe after college, you know, what are some, you know, is, pro- is professional golf in your future? I mean, what are you thinking about that kind of, you know, post-college stuff? Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going to give it a shot. I think, you know, if, if you make it all this way, you, you got to, at this point, you've logged in a lot of hours and, you know, you've practiced and, you know, your life is golf or at least for me. So I think it's definitely going to give it a shot for however long it is until I know like I'm there or I'm not. So I think I'll, I'll probably play Q school, like in Latin America or Canada, mm-hmm. like yes, my fifth year in that like spring mm-hmm. and, and get status and then kind of go from there. Cause if you do, then it's, you know, you, you have tournaments to play in during the summer and, and fall. I mean, if not, then maybe stay in for that summer and play some more AM stuff and, play another USAM potentially and then and then turn pro on this in the fall when you when you have a Q school for Corn Ferry. Exactly. One, I mean, you're in a great spot for it. I know there's a lot of, you know, a lot of guys that turn pro and want to go on that journey. They moved to Arizona because, you know, the resources they have there and the connections you can make playing, you know, playing golf with all those guys. And um, you know, there's a lot of agencies out there that are looking, you know, pick up players and I mean, there's a whole lot of opportunities in Arizona for professional golf. So I think you're around that environment. That's going to be perfect for you, not only for college, but professional golf as well. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, man. And um, so we're heading to the next section of the show. It's called the ham and egg section. It's just kind of for some, you know, for fun questions, kind of get to know you a little bit more. Um, The first one, I love starting off with this one because, you know, just to see how everybody handles nerves and kind of what's the most nervous you've been on the golf course um, you know, and how do you keep yourself focused and calm during those moments? Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing is, you know, trying to breathe and slow yourself down. I think it's too easy to, um, 
get ahead of yourself and, you know, rush and, you know, when your heart's racing, it's way easier to rush. So I think it's just, you know, kind of slow yourself down. And probably the most nervous I ever was, was this summer in the match play. Like I was in the round of 16 and I was like two down with two to play. And yeah, it was over like this, this kid had a three footer and, you know, it was a three footer. You still got to make it and he missed. And I was one down. And I remember just, I remember I like literally couldn't see the ball up on the next hole for some reason. <laughs> Because like I was like, dang, I actually have a shot now. Yeah. And I ended up it went three playoff holes, like because it was around a 16 and we had to find a winner. So yeah. I remember just so nervous because like obviously like you have your expectations and stuff, but you know, I finally had a chance and you know I just I just tried to focus on breathing and you know, seeing my golf shot. Like that was literally it. I was like, just hit it hard and you know, slow yourself down and you know, I, I think I hit the best shots I did those, I guess, last four, the the last hole in regulation and the three playoff holes, just because like all I was focused on was, you know, hitting the center of the club face, swinging hard and, you know, just make sure like my heart wasn't racing too much before the shot. Exactly. Well, and that's, you know, that's high level stuff being in a round of 16 like that. Um, I, but those experiences are just going to make you a better player because I'm sure you know, there's going to be many, many more opportunities where it's going to be, you know, kind of dicey in playoffs or something, or you're coming down the stretch and, you know, you got to perform and, you know, knowing that, you know, you were in those experiences before and have those feelings, um, you know, what it's like to go out there and perform, you know, and, you know, eventually, you know, take it, take, you know, take home the win and stuff. So, um, yeah. you know, that's great experiences. I love hearing what, you know, the various parts of people's games and, I would be, even if the match was tied, I think if the match was tied and I had to tee the ball up, I think it would make it even worse um, being nervous on that tee. Um, but dude, that's, I mean, that's huge though, to be playing, you know, round of 16 like that. That's um, insane. Yeah, I mean, like I always get nervous before the round, but like after the first hole, normally it goes away, but for some reason, I don't know, it just kicked in and I was just really nervous, but yeah, dang, it was, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, dude, that's insane, man. Um, next one, you know, with the new kind of rules and everything, I know there's kind of some unknowns with it, but, you know, college golfers can market themselves now. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? And are maybe you kind of wanting to grow your brand a little bit and maybe, you know, make some side money potentially? Yeah, I mean, I think it's – I've had a lot of mixed views about this. Um, I think it's really cool, but I also think it's, you know, a little, a little different just because, like, we're still, like, amateurs and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think it's cool because, like, obviously, like, for bigger sports like football and basketball, like, these schools are kind of, like, making a lot of money off them by, you know, advertising them. So I think they do need to get, like, their fair share of, you know, having some money. But um, so I think it's really cool for me personally. I mean, obviously, I'd like to. Um, it's a little bit harder, I feel like, in golf unless you're, like, a top, top guy. So I think right. it will, but, I, you know, your game kind of has to speak for yourself before before that can kind of set up, but obviously you can do some small stuff like in your community or, you know, around your hometown or whatever it is. So I think, you know, kind of learning more about it, like the next few months and, you know, seeing what it's, what it's all about, what other, you know, college golfers are doing. I think I'll definitely try to, you know, take advantage of it. Maybe, maybe once I learn a little bit more or heard a little bit about it. So exactly hey having you on the podcast is just getting your step closer getting your name out there man that's it exactly <laughs> um you exactly. know I, i've had numerous guys on you know talking about you know potentially wanting to grow their brands and yeah i've heard mixed reviews as well like you were saying you know it's great that 
you know, these programs, they're really advertising their players to kind of bring in revenue. Um, but also there's a lot of unknowns. I mean, who knows? I mean, there could be some universities that are just kind of buying players at, at some point and uh, it can be kind of tough, you know, with kind of those situations, but I mean, I'm sure, you know, just got to get yourself out there, man, and market yourself. I think, you know, just like I said, having you on the podcast, getting your name out there, um, you know, is the first step for not only yourself, but for many as well. Um, so, yeah, dude, I wish you nothing but the best in that. I think it's going to be a really cool journey for you, um, even in professional golf. I mean, when you need to, you know, try and get some sponsorships, you know, try and get some people that are, you know, wanting to be, you know, on your side and kind of support you. I think that's another huge part of, you know, trying to make money as well. Um, yeah, for sure. So, like you know, we talked about your career at you know at University of Denver, and now that you're at University of Arizona, um, you know what are some differences maybe you see in the programs? I mean, is it the way you guys practice? Is it the workout schedule, or maybe just you know kind of the way you guys travel, or what? What's something about you know that's different between the two? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is like kind of the Pac-12 versus like the conference we were in at at Denver. It's like two totally different things, like like a power five conference is just, it's, it's crazy with, with what comes along with it. Um, it's, I think that's the biggest difference is, you know, like when you have a football program, like it brings in so much for, for your school and for your team, which is, which gives you a lot of opportunities to, you know, travel a little bit more, you know, it's kind of nice getting some more gear, which is always. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's like Christmas, you know? <laughs> so I think, I think that's like a huge difference that I've seen, but also like, you know, down here, like we can go out to like a lot of the courses, like coach Anderson has good, done a really good job of, you know, making connections, but then also when we're at the course, like, you know, we're always like doing our best job to like, you know, take care of the course and do all that stuff. So we're invited back. Right. Um, you know, they, I, I'd say it to you too. Like they like, they liked having us, but you know, down here, it's like a big kind of college town and, you know, you kind of see it with, you know, everything that's around campus and, you know, like at restaurants, like it all has like U of A and, and stuff so it's kind of cool to see all the support um down here in tucson yeah i know that's huge man i think it's you know like you said the pac-12 i mean the teams that you're playing against are huge um your guys' schedule is amazing and not only that but the players on your guys' team are super competitive as well i mean you guys have christian banky as well um you know i think it's just it's a, it's a great move for you it's a huge move especially if you want to go to that next level even after university of arizona and um, you know they produce some some great players um so i mean yeah, dude, I wish you nothing but the best in your future there. Um, Thank and you. Not only that, but after as well, it's going to be huge for you. Um, Thanks. Definitely, man. Um, so, I mean, we talked about the most nervous you've been on the golf course. I mean, is there something that, you know, maybe is most memorable for you? Maybe is there kind of a round or a shot or, you know, you know, maybe a round with your dad or something or grandpa that, you know, is really memorable for you or what? what's kind of the most important to you? Um, For me, it's definitely been like, winning conference as you know a team I think the team aspect has always been the number one goal for you know for me like freshman year and junior year we won conference mm -hmm. um, we won leagues and and so that's that was definitely the best part I mean I won conference as an individual freshman year but like I honestly wasn't even concerned about winning as an individual like I just wanted the team to do well and for us to move on like that was our only goal and like after I hold the putt on like the last hole like a couple guys went up to me like they're like you know that birdie putt was to win I was like what so then we had to get the playoff but like I was just so focused on you know like getting the job done for the team yeah because um, when you're winning as a team it's so much fun like yes like, guys are happy and like 
you know, you, you just, it's just way more fun when everyone's happy. And, you know, I think too, like regionals this year, like we finished sixth and, you know, it was, it was really tough, but like, I think that was one of my, that was one of my best memories as well. Just like being with all the guys, like after the round, like it was, it was pretty tough, but like, you know, we, like, we were just like all brothers at the very end. And like, we all just like, you know, really like cared and loved for each other. And like, you can't like really have anything different, like in anything else, you know, when you're playing like individually, like, yes, like your, your emotions are kind of like that, but when you're on a team, like it's, it's a hundred times different and you just want your, you just want your, your teammate to do like amazing and like just pull every putt and hit every shot stiff. And, you know, you just, it's just a totally different feeling when, when you're playing as a team and when you're competing as a team and you're winning. So. Dude, know that. And that speaks volumes on the kind of person that you are, man. I mean, it's, you know, it, yeah, it's great to have the individual, individual success, but I mean that, like you're talking about that team success is huge because everybody's having a great time and it's just, you know, it's only going to make you guys a more, you know, the chemistry on the team is going to be even better. Um, dude, that's, you know, that's amazing that you, that you're like that, you know, you're just, speaks volumes on the kind of person you are, man. You know, I really applaud you for that. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, definitely, man. Appreciate it. We're heading to the last question here. Um, you know, I like to kind of, you know, there's a lot of people that I'm sure have supported you in your golfing career. And, you know, there's been a lot of people that, you know, just been on your side, you know, who's inspired you be, for you to be the person slash golfer you are today? Yeah, I definitely say my grandpa. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, he kind of he got my dad into the game and then he got, you know, kind of me into the game as well. And you know, I remember going to the golf course with him, like when I was younger and my brother and he would take us out there and, you know, he still tries to come to every single tournament I have and, you know, he loves watching and, you know, seeing how I'm doing and, you know, giving me some pointers here and there. And, you know, I think, I think he's definitely inspired me because, you know, I watched him play when I was younger and that I think kind of molded me into, you know, the golfer I am and he taught me everything he knew and, you know, I think that's kind of where I got all, all of my tips and information from was, was from him and, you know, just trying to make it as simple as possible. That's always what he told me and, you know, fairways and greens. That's, that's the biggest thing he told me is that's as a, huge, just fairways and greens. So yeah, he really inspired me just to be the person who I am and, you know, the golfer and, you know, just a friend, family member. So definitely, man. And that's huge to have, you know, I love that, you know, fairways and greens, fairways and greens, like, you know, that'll, you'll play some, you know, really good rounds at just about any courses. If you shoot, you know, go fairways and greens. Um, but now dude, that's great that you're able to have some people in your family that were really into golf as well. Um, especially your dad and your grandpa. That's huge, man. Um, but, uh, you know, I, like I said, man, I wish you nothing but the best and, you know, everything that you're going to be going through in these next two years in professional golf as well. Um, but yeah, man, that'll wrap up this week's episode of scrambling with Dylan Otto featuring Cal McCoy. Cal, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been a great time chatting with you and get to know you. And uh, like I said, you know, if we ever see you out there on Instagram and everything, we'll be posting you up there. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. All righty. Have a good one, everybody. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto. Just want to let you guys know I create an Instagram for the podcast called Scrambling Podcast. You can head over there, follow for updates on the episodes, as well as material that I'll be talking about in the episodes like videos or photos. So you can check them out there and get a little more insight on the episodes. Thanks again for listening and have a good one.